Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 261, brought to you by Oakham.com and our good friends at Bud Light. Cedric Golden here with the Duck, Kirk Bowles. And Duck, on our little podcast, we have to reward greatness. And when you sweep the Big 12 Outdoor Championships, uh, like the Texas Longhorns did, we have to get the coach on. Coach Flo, Edric Florial joins us. Coach, congratulations, and how's it going today? It's going great, and thank you. And life is good if you're a member of the men and women's track team. Sweep, sweep, Cedric. Men and women, sixth time in history this has happened. Texas has done it five times. Nebraska is the only other one to do it. So you must be on top of the mountain, right, Edric? And now in, the, in athletics, you're never on top of the mountain. As soon as you do that, somebody's knocking you down. So I like to keep myself in the very bottom and feel like I'm climbing. Uh, well, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the sprints, and uh, you guys got it done, or particularly Micaiah Harris pulled off the sprint double. The girls always like it when you win the 100 and then you come back later and win the deuce. I, I, I've heard that. I don't know about that. I've never done it. But he, won, but he ran a 9.93 in the 100. Uh, first Longhorn to win since the great Jamal Charles. Been won it in 06. Um, and then he comes back later, goes 19.72 in the 200. For the first time in Big 12 history and the second time overall, a Longhorn has done that, the last to do that double. Johnny Lamb Jones. Royalty. In 1977. And we all know who that is. What's the upside for Micaiah, Coach? Uh, Micaiah actually is, uh, is just coming into his own. That that that's that's the cool part is that he's been a little bit banged up and just trying to get himself healthy. He had a a rough Olympic year. You know, the, the Olympics are tough, man. If you don't make that team, your world crashes and you you're just <laughs> in a tailspin. So he bounced back from that and, and really had a rough time. If you look at his indoor times, they're not they were not consistent with what he could do. So he really struggled, um, but then, you know, finally we got them together and then finally started kind of getting his self-confidence back and, and he's just unstoppable now, which is cool to see that that a kid can sort of overcome just not making the Olympic team and that was his long, lifelong dream. So he's he's uh, he's in a good place. And our goal is just to make the World Championship team, win the NCAA, and hopefully try to get him a, a professional contract. This is his last year, so... Uh, if he can make it and get a pro contract, that that would be that man. That would tickle me to death because the kid has has been through a lot. He struggled. He's the battle to some adversity, and, and just watching a good kid, a good teammate, a great leader. I mean that that dude keeps the team together. 
And he's done that even if he's running well or running poorly. So I, I just want to see him succeed because it, it will be just a heck of a story. Well, how overjoyed was he in Lubbock sweeping those two events? Uh, if you know him, that guy doesn't crack a smile very often. <laughs> they posted a picture of him in, uh, for Athletes of the Week, NC's, NC Athletes of the Week, and the picture uh, that they posted, one of his teammates said, you look like you're one of those bad kids. Just, he just, he's just got sort of a, the, the no emotion face, just blah. And, and that's all his pictures. He, he's just not, you know, outside of his teammates and goofing around, which is, has a, he has a PhD in goofing around and, and <laughs> doing dumb stuff at practice. But outside of that, he's a very private kid. He, he doesn't, he has oh. a small circles of, that's his, the teammates, that's his family. He's not a, a usually jump up and down guy. His first thing is, I know I messed up this and I know I messed up that. God dog, and I, I could have done much better. So he, he's just he's just a different kid to coach. You know, the relationship between coach and athlete is important to him. He's just not a highly emotional kid like some of the rest of our kids. Is he just scratching the surface? How good he can be? Um, we, we've you know we've talked about how good he could be for a long time, and I don't I don't think he's believed it. You know, it, it's. I actually probably probably poetic just that that the whole dang flow nose thing comes out because most of those kids don't ever believe me. They all they all think I'm I'm insane. Uh, we're talking <laughs> about, you know, uh uh Kavona Davis running fast and she's like, You're crazy. You know, I'll be just be glad to run eleven one and, and and she's like, We are talking about her running exactly that, ten eight in, in, in twenty one seconds. So and, and Mikhail was the same place, you know, he he knows he's good, but just watching that clock, I, I think for a guy that's that's kind of you know, cool. He 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 he. His eyes popped open like, whoa, nineteen seven. And so it, it it was good to see him sort of you know like get excited just for one second. You know when you look when you look at track, uh, man, I, I, especially the sprints, a lot of these guys get jacked up and they're very intense. Yeah, Usain Bolt was into Carl Lewis, Ben Johnson with the steroids. Mm-hmm. The, the, he was very intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it sounds like you got some low-key sprinters on the team, and that's working out for them. It, it is. You know, it's, it's almost like just trying to manage the highs and the lows, just just try to keep it even kill. Um, and, and most you know, most of that stuff is just personality. You know, after Bolt got comfortable, he was extremely playful and, 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 and completely engaging with the, the spectators once he got comfortable. It, it, it takes a bit to, to get to that point. The kids here... I would probably say Kavona, uh, our sophomore, she she gets fired up. Uh, Kennedy Flannel gets fired up. But the rest of them, you'll be lucky if they do a fist pump, man. They're, they're just not, you know, that's just not the thing. I mean, I don't know, maybe I attract cool, calm people. <laughs> <But> they, <laughs> they don't, you, you know, you look at Mikhail behind the line before the 100, you don't know if he's going to a funeral or he's going to run the hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and the gun goes off and he unleashes all kind of hell on people. But but before the race, if you span across the start line, you look at the kids, our sprinters, you know, and then that's what we've talked about, just kind of staying within yourself. And I think in the past, we haven't performed well because the kids have sort of lost control of their emotions. So we work really hard on just like, you know, maintain your emotion, be completely aware of what you're about to do. Review the race in your mind over and over until you feel like you got it down pat, and then you can just basically un- un- unleash hell when when the gun go off. So just try not to get because you you get too high, you're gonna come back down, and the coming back down is is no no bueno. So you got to make sure that you just completely keep it, 
calm, even killing. When the gun go off, you just got to unleash hell on everybody else. Well, that's interesting. You said about the sprints is that Texas hadn't dominated in the sprints in a long time. And like Cedric said, I mean, winning the hundred first time since Jamal Charles in 06 and, and sweeping, you know, the first time since Johnny Lamb Jones. I don't even know. I, I know you know who Johnny Lamb Jones is. I was there when he won the state. I went to his funeral. I, went, I was at his funeral. I we did too. We were, we were there as well. That, was, that, was, well. that was a cool moment. They, I don't know how old you were when 1977. You probably weren't born yet. but uh, yeah, I, Unfortunately, I was. I, I think I was about 12 years old. So I've been are around. You, are we the same age? Or were you born in 65? No, I'm 66. Uh, I'm December '65. We're we're pretty close in age. Pretty close, yeah. yeah. Sure. But, I just but, don't. I don't look as young, but that's okay. I, I lived a hard life, sir. Me either. <laughs> but you are back to dominating the sprints, which is good to see. And so, uh, is that? Did you put a lot more emphasis on the sprints and some of maybe the long distance races, like you know Arkansas has always done through the years, which you're well familiar with. Yeah, um, you know. I think location really determines what you're going to be good at. Um, you, you don't really get a chance to choose what you're going to commit yourself to because your location dictates it. If you look at when I was at Arkansas with, with Johnny Mack and, and, and Coach Mack, use whatever was at his fingertips. You know, there were times where, where Arkansas was good in distance and jumps, the time they were good at distance and sprint, but the mainstay was always distance. So in the location, Fayetteville, lots of hills, lots of beautiful trails. It makes sense for a distance runner to go there. Now, right. Texas, 100 degrees in the uh -huh. summer. If you got to run 80 miles a week, this is probably not your ideal location. Uh -huh. Yeah, I want to go to school at, 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 in Austin. So, And then, you know, the, you got to get out of town to just to get a good run in because it's going to be sort of a concrete jungle. Um, so uh -huh. for us, being great in the middle distance distance is going to be difficult because the very best middle distance distance runners are going to want to go to Oregon where the climate is a little bit more forgiving. There's 60 mm -hmm. degrees and there's a lot of trails, a lot of good, healthy running places, which we're not going to have. So what we've done is basically focused on kids who are local, like, like kids who are from Texas. They're, they're used to the heat and they've competed in state meeting in the heat. They're training in the heat. So to them, it's not as big as a shock, which means we're not going to attract sort of the super superstars of middle distance distance. But in the sprints, sprinters hate to be cold. So for a sprinter, 100 degrees is heaven. You know, they don't have to warm up as long and they don't have to keep warming up in between events. So for, for us, throwers, sprinters, hurdlers, multi-events, those are the event areas that fit sort of the temperament of the location of Austin, Texas. You know, the, 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 the healthy urban campus, sprinters love that. You know, they don't want to be in a camp. Maybe that's the middle of the boondocks that, that you know, there's, there's like 30 mile radius, there's nothing around. So this environment is, is sort of facilitate what a sprinter's into. You know, they're, they're a little bit more outgoing, running around, and, and some of them maybe too much on, on my team, but but they, they enjoy their weekends, and that's kind of what they do. And so I think the location, Austin, the weather really dictates for us that we're going to attract the very best sprinters, hurdlers, jumpers, throwers, multi-events. And that's kind of what we're, we're good at. Those are the event areas that 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 fit what the uh, uh, the University of Texas is sort of uh, stands for. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, you know, shout out to Trip Prepare, won his ninth Big 12 shot put title. I want to talk a little bit about the ladies. Um, uh, Christine Blazvika, um, heptathlon champion, undefeated in conference meets 
She's won all four multi-competitions she's competed in. Um, uh, what, what's her upside as far as, uh, you know, the Olympics are concerned? Because uh, you guys always seem to bring bring some good heptathletes to the table. Yeah, I mean, now Christine is probably going to be an Olympian in, in Paris. Uh, her development is just heading that way. I mean, she should have scored 6,200 points. We made a couple of mistakes in, in a couple of events where, where we, like, <laughs> long jump, we, we didn't hit the board and, and – um, the 200, we, we had an outside lane and didn't have anybody that we can run off of. So there were a few things that sort of bad luck, uh, but I thought she could have broken Ashton's record, but she's a Latvian. So for us, it's just getting her to make her Olympic team. And, and for the Olympics, you have to hit a standard 60, I think it's 6,400 points. So until you hit that mark, you can't go. Uh, but for Latvia, I, I believe they will take her if she goes 6,200 points because they're not going to have tons of athletes going. Um, and then that's our ultimate goal for her. So right now, the world championship looked to be unlikely. So she'll compete in the European championships this summer. And then next year's world championship, I think she'll qualify for that. And then obviously the Paris Olympics is, is the ultimate goal for her. But but yeah, we always have a good athlete. I mean, we, Ashton left and enters Christine and, and, and we got a couple more we're working on on the recruiting stand. But, you know, that that's that's what fits. You know, it's just we got jumpers and we... We got people from the islands. They're not going to go to, you know, uh, uh, New York University because it's too daggone cold. But so it, that's kind of what we are. And then Trip, obviously, I mean, Trip is my guy. I mean, it, it's he somehow tells me that that you know he's my son now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so long. Yeah, he told my son uh, they were hanging out, and he says we 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 are we are brothers. And my son says, no, we're not. He says, yeah, yeah, because your pops is not my dad, so we we're, we're brothers, not you know. He's but, been but, here long enough. He sure has. You know, it's like he's, he's been here <clears throat> years. So, I mean, you're supposed to win eight conference championships, but Tripp has nine. <laughs> so you do the math. You say, wait a minute, you got four years of eligibility, one indoor, one outdoor. Nine? How do you get nine? So the, the COVID year gave him an extra year. And, and, and you know, shout out to Tripp, big time. Tripp, you know, has been sort of the foundation of our success. He's been the guy, steady Eddie. Every meet, every championship, the guy shows up. He always shows up and, and i think it's important to watch that consistency and, and give him his kudos you know when the team wasn't at the very greatest he was still getting it done so i always think that this is the guy that that sort of kept us you know top 10 ncaa even when when our team wasn't all around good to where we are now so and there's, there's actually uh, on twitter there's a picture of trip celebrating right before we knew we won the championship and I'm thinking he's going to tear his Achilles because he's jumping up and down so high. And, and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to get hurt. And he takes off running. And the teammates are trying to hug him. They think he's going to hug them. He's knocking him left and right, elbow on. But it was the best moment watching him. Because when I got here, one of the things he told me he wanted to do is say, I really want to win a national championship. And I told him, well, I'll give you my word. We're going to get one before you get out of here. So just watching him that moment was really cool. Just watching a guy that's been at the program so long that could have left. When things change, when when new head coach come in, uh, he could have left one somewhere else. There were a lot of programs that he could have went because he was so good. He decided to stay and continue to be a Longhorn. And, and, and watching him, watching us fulfill our promise to giving him a national championship was the best moment for me. Awesome. Well, we were talked about the men's sprint. We didn't talk about uh, uh, Julian Alfred winning the the hundred uh, third fastest time in history breaks. Carly Gidry's 31-year-old record. Wow. About that's, her. that's huge. That's huge. And she was yeah, at the state track meet, Carlette. I saw her. Yeah. yeah. I just talked to her 
Juju, last week we were talking uh, just about the, the state meeting, some people running. But yeah, I mean, Juju actually done a fantastic job. If you think about how much she broke that record by and how long it stood, I mean, she ran 81. And it was, I think it was like 90-something, uh, 10, 92, or 92, they call it that one. But but for, to stand that long, it's hard to run sub-11. It's also a mental thing mm-hmm. to break that barrier. And once you break it, it's easier. And uh, Juju also has the the uh, collegiate record indoor in the 60s. So she's had a really good year. Uh, and she's one that <laughs> I'm just trying to get her to celebrate. You know, she runs 1081. She walks back, like, grabs a glass of water. And <laughs> comes over and hugged me, and I'm like, "That's it, you know, fist bump. <laughs> you know, a little tap dance, a little moonwalk, you know." <laughs> me just she needs to call Tara. Da- she needs to call. She needs to call uh, Davis. Tara Davis. Oh no, we got oh. Tara Giddens. Tara Giddens is actually worse. <laughs> you come to practice, you believe you're in, in, in some type of Caribbean a disco area. She got the music blasting, nice. and she. Full blown dancing, like like what are you doing? But <laughs> again, I, you know, I think good teams, great teams have personalities. And, and as a head coach, you just got to let people be who they are. So I, I made this a long time ago. But I'm not going to try to adapt kids to be to fit to the program. We're just going to find them a spot and fit them in. And and sometimes practice could be, yeah, it, it could be eventful. You know, guys are, are, are hanging out and laughing, and we got the the calypso now. I, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're, we're the University of Texas or, or, or Island Festival. So we got you got Jonathan from Barbados, you got Julian from Saint Lucia, you got three or four Jamaicans, you got Stacy, and, and you got Achilles. So they bring their music, and I've never heard music like that, but, but <laughs> it's. We're playing this thing called soca now. That's that's mm-hmm. what the team is into. They're playing soca music, and it's sound like a bunch of I don't know. Sound a bunch of chicken having a, a, a sword fight. Is that, I don't know what what is going on. But they're, <laughs> not they're, my thing. No, not my. They're playing soca, and then I think Mondays is reggae, and I think we get a, a rap day in there. I think Tuesday, but it, it's just it's just watching that many people from that many different backgrounds and areas. We got, you know, Christina's from Latvia and you got Dasha's from Latvia. We got Russians in there and we got Canadians in there and we got Gabe, Gabe Montefalcone from Italy. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's just wonderful to see that at, at a place like the University of Texas, you can have that many countries represented on the team and everybody looking like they're all from the same background backyard. It's a melting pot. I mean, you got a United Nations. Is there anybody, uh, Edric, you want to brag on that really came the furthest and, and scored points and uh, somebody who just really hadn't tapped their potential yet that we should look out for? I, th- I think there's a few. I mean, I think Kennedy Flannel's struggle. She's, she's, she hadn't had her regular KB year, uh, but I- – She's coming into her own. It, it, it's she's she's taking a long detour to get to where she should have been, um, but we're in a good place now as as far as confidence and feeling good about herself. Uh, you also have you know, uh, geez, so so many. You got Kennedy Simon and you got Stacey and Williams who's on, on the verge of breaking fifty seconds. Uh, both of them should, and you got well the monster probably Rashida Adelike is a nineteen year old that that's you know she's she has every national record from Ireland other than 100. She has the 60, the 200, the 400, and the 300. She's only missing the 100. 
And wow. she also has the junior record. So you're talking about a 19-year-old has every national record but one of the country, all of them. And then she just wow. ran 50. Yeah, she just ran 50 seconds. This was her first 400 outdoor, and she ran 50.7, which is sixth in the NCA. But again, she's run anything from the 100 to the 400 and is in the top 10 in the nation in all three of them and top 20, 15 in the world and, and all of them. So she, she's just a special, unique time. She's also six foot one tall. You're talking about a sprinter who is reminiscent of Bolt. You don't have sprinters male who are six foot five and certainly not females who are six foot one, but she's six one. Yeah. You can do anything from the 60 to the 400. So, and she has I me, mean, she's Ireland's greatest hope for any sprint medal ever. Um, wow. So you got her, guys. You got the little young girl from Jamaica, Akelia Smith, who who is has broken the triple jump record indoor and outdoor, and they were both stood for thirty nine years, and she's eighteen years old, so she's wow school record holder in the triple jump indoor, school record holder in the triple jump outdoor, and both of those records stood for almost like forty years. Um, so she's done that. Golly, um, Val Tobias is having a heck of a year. Um, you know, she has, she keeps taking a couple of stumbles, but she's having a I mean, a tremendous year. Yeah, I man, I can go all day. You got Brooke Jaworski. <laughs> we we just have a really good team. You know, like the idea I have, like most championship groups have like four or five athletes. Mm-hmm. But our team covers this. You know, all track and field. You got throwers. You got sprinters. You got hurdlers. You got distance runners. You just sort of have all of it, and they're all at right. the highest level. Or Creighton Carosa, Yusuf Bizimana, I mean uh, Yasin Abdallah. I mean, we just we're just fortunate that they have developed some really quality young young people. And you go to Arkansas like in a week or so for the prelims, your old stomping grounds. Uh, yes. How do you looking at that uh, going forward? Yeah, the, the 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 prelim round is difficult because you don't actually win anything. You just advance. <laughs> you know, it's right. like I'm just not a big fan. I, I think anytime you run something or participate, you should win something. But right. going to a round to a place where you just running to advance. So just, again, managing your performance. You go out there and run crazy and get yourself tired. You got 10, eight, nine days there, you got the NCAA championship. So you really right. don't want to go there and go crazy. You just want to do the job. You know, you want to run as fast as you possibly can to advance, but not as fast as, as, as you would at the NCAA. So somebody that runs like really, really fast at the preliminary round, you got a recovery of six, seven days. You're not going to be able to come back. So, you know, our plan is just, do the least amount possible in advance. You know, if you can yeah. advance with 12 seconds flat, great. If you have to run 10-8, then run 10-8, but only if you have to. So our goal is just to advance to the NCA and then conserve as much of our energy as possible. So when we get to the NCA, we're not sort of like emotionally burnt out. Right. The NCAAs or outdoor track and field championships will be at Hayward Field, venerable Hayward Field, Eugene, Oregon, June 8th. Um, it's 14 times going to be held there. And they, they just redid that place, didn't they? Yeah. And they? They spruced it up, didn't they, Coach? Yeah, it's a brand new brand new facility. I mean, the, even the, they laid out new rubber, too. Everything is brand new. The stadium is really gorgeous. They've actually well thought, well thought, well designed. They have warm-up areas under the stadium. It's, it's, it's a really cool place um, as far as the design and the implementation of it. And the scoreboard is kind of like really funky, so it's kind of fit the, the, the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a different place. Um, it hadn't been as packed as it's been in the past, but but the kids I think understand the magic of Haywood Field and, and and sort of mystique of running at a place that 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 has a long-standing history with track and field. Aren't the worlds yeah. coming there? Then we got the world championships there. 
So we got NCAs there. We got the U.S. World Championship trials, and we got the World Championship there. And that's the first time in in history that that we're hosting uh, a World Championship in, in U.S. soil. So there's a lot of going to be a lot of magic there. Well, you got to ask you about um, a kid I, I uh, got to meet uh, last weekend at State Track, Brent, Brennan Thompson from Spearman. Yeah. Yeah. Blew up the track, won the 110.24, comes back, wins the deuce in 20.73. He's coming to Texas. That's right. He's excited. He's moving. He will be moving to Austin in two weeks. Right now he's fishing in Alabama. Uh what 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 do you, what can you tell us about Brennan? Because he seemed like a great personality. He is. I I think the best thing about him is you know, again, we're getting a guy that has personality <laughs> he's not one of those shy guys he's definitely not mccarr is very reserved but the, that guy is not he's very outgoing and that i think it's going to help our men's team just to have a guy that has sort of that energy he has tons of energy he, he is wide open and he's just completely comfortable with his own self but and he's fast i mean speed helps speed kills and just having a guy walking in already with 20.7 is exciting for me as a coach and knowing that that you know that that soon as football is over, knock on wood, he can get out of there healthy, and hopefully he can get our football team to 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 take care of some business. It'll be great to kind of watch him come out. You know, we got a big history of, of those guys. You got, you know, you got Eric Metcalf, you got Marquise, you 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 got the, uh, Jamal Lamb. Yeah, you got Johnny Lamb. It's, it's just it's Mom. just it's just a, a big connection. So this is not. A new, you know, this is not a new thing. Like a lot of people get their first track football guy. A track football guy is like, okay, so what? You know, this this is <laughs> new for us. So, so I'm excited about him because he's so talented. He can walk into the conference and be an NCAA qualifier. And 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 wow. for these guys, that's huge. Me, he should progression wise. It's going to take about 10-0 to make it to the NCAA and about twenty point four five to make it to the NCAA. So if he comes in healthy and then can develop. He should be able to do that as a freshman and make it to the NCAA. Wow. Well, you won the men's indoor national championship. And I remember at your press conference afterward, you said, you know, we might even be better in the outdoor. And now you're sitting here poised. Uh, you got any uh, prediction for the men and women uh, in Eugene in a few weeks? Well, the ultimate goal is to leave there with two trophies. And, and the shinier the trophy color is, the better. So, obviously <laughs> – we we don't mind we don't mind silver and browns, but we prefer gold. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and the, I think the kids know it too. I mean that that's the good thing when when you're head coach and, and the athletes already know what's expected and have actually you know right. they they've taken that in. So it's not me beating them upside the head, convincing them to win the championship. They're talking about it twenty four seven. They know, you know like being like, hey, you need to. Makai was telling one guy, you need to qualify, man, because we're going to need your points. So it's almost like they figured it out themselves that that positioning our stuff as a team and everybody taking accountability, not just for themselves, for their own teammates. That you got to get yourself here, you got to get healthy. This guy got to do this. This guy got to do that. And everybody understand that we have a role and they have a role for us to be successful. And this is no longer me convincing them of their potential. They're fully aware of it. So. I think we have a really good good chance to win. We've been number one since week one, but I'd rather be number one leaving Eugene than be number one coming into Eugene. I love it. I love it because if, if if Texas track is even, they're leaving. They're winning. They're winning. They're, uh, it's ten ten Big Twelve titles in four years, and uh, stalking 
bigger game in Eugene. Coach, such a pleasure to talk to you today, man. Good luck over the next two weeks and get those keep those kids healthy. Appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me. You bet. Anytime. Keep listening to that music and uh, make them celebrate a little bit more. Okay. Tell, tell them to listen to some Prince. It might change their perspective. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Flo. Congratulations. Bye. Bye-bye. On Second Thought. Doug, just a great conversation with Coach Flo. They're flowing. Oh, uh, 12 track is Texas's personal playground right now. He's got so much personality. You can imagine how he does in living rooms recruiting because he's he just got some flavor. He brings it. He can cool relate. Cat. Cool cat. I love him. He's terrific. Well, man, tonight the Texas baseball team is 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 going to be back in Big Twelve action. Let's just keep it real, Duck. They need a sweep. They need to sweep Kansas to to enhance their chances, um, uh, you know, fading chances of hosting a regional. Uh, they're right outside that top sixteen right now, Duck, and they're capable, capable, but they got they got they got they cannot lose one game this weekend. That puts a lot of pressure on them. They are playing the worst team in the Big Twelve, right? Kansas is the worst, right? They are, but I don't even think that's enough because, uh, you know, if you finish fourth or fifth in your conference, you're probably not going to to host a regional. I talked to Chris Del Conte this week, and he basically admitted they almost have to win out, you know, and either win, sweep Kansas and win the Big 12 tournament or at least reach the final. But, you know, it's such a jumble up at the top. Texas Tech goes into Stillwater, sweeps Oklahoma State. That's crazy. And and TCU just mauls Kansas, you know, and scores like 53 runs against them. So I think it's probably a foregone conclusion that they're not going to host. And I think – but you and I have talked forever. They're going to be a dangerous road team that nobody's going to want to see come into their park with those kind of hitters and that kind of power Texas has. That's a nightmare. If you're hosting a regional and you find out Texas is coming – I mean, you're a good team if you're hosting – Sure. Like in Arkansas, where I've seen them projected to go play Palm <clears throat> State, right. which would be raucous, uh, especially with the uh, hatred that Arkansas has always had oh, for the Longhorns. Just, just that out and out hatred. Uh, but do you re? Are you really excited about Ivan Melendez and Murphy Staley and Hodo and Messenger and and uh, Pete Hansen coming to your crib? I'm not excited about that, Doug. I'm not. not me either. And and I I think I bet you right now they'll start Lucas Gordon that game one of the regional, and then you know because you you'd rather him beat a number three seed than the number one host seed. Yeah, come and back with Pete. Come back with Pete Hansen in game two if you if you win that first one, and then you know then it's on. Then it's you on like to, popcorn. You try to outscore people after that, so. You know, and speaking of that, I mean, a couple of issues. Uh, one, Uh-oh. Ivan Melendez, and two, you know, hats off to David Pierce for playing Sam Houston. Can't really help their RPI. And when teams like A&M and TCU and Texas State and, and Ole Miss and Liberty are all canceling games, personally, I find that to be a crock, you know, 
and they go, well, you got to do what's best for your team and you don't want to hurt your RPI. Well, then don't schedule the freaking game, okay? It's not fair to the opponents to say, yeah, you didn't have a good year. I mean, A&M was supposed to play Incarnate Word. I mean, I think, I don't know, who was it? TCU was supposed Here's the cancellation row for our list. Number six, A&M was playing Incarnate, was supposed to play Incarnate Word, canceled. Number 13, Texas State was supposed to play Houston Baptist, canceled. Number 24, TCU was supposed to play Tarleton State, canceled. Um, SEC Power Ole Miss was supposed to play Arkansas State, canceled. Liberty was supposed to play High Point, canceled. You know what, Doug? David Pierce, a couple of weeks ago, they were rolling. And we were in the press box, and... um, they just won. They just won that series. Um, what series was that? It wasn't the Oklahoma State. It was right after that. Baylor. 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 They they won the Baylor series, and they had a trip to the Rio Valley, Grande Valley, Rio Grande Valley, that was scheduled for Tuesday. There was a little bit of weather in the forecast, and we were talking. I was like, "He's not gonna go." I talked to David. I go, "Man, that weather's gonna be bad," and, and he goes, "We'll see." And the next thing you know, they went to Rio Grande Valley when they could have canceled. And because they had the momentum going, they took that eight-hour bus ride down to the valley, took care of business, and came back home. And now, and then, kudos, they beat Sam Houston State on uh, Tuesday night, 9-2. to two, and Melendez hit his 26th homer. He's too shy of, of uh, Kyle Russell's. Uh, record, school record. Um, check out hook'em.com. Danny Davis did a great, great story on uh, Melendez's year. He's hitting 421, Duck. He's got 80 RBIs in 53 games, and 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 he's got 26 home runs. Um, he's got to get he, – he's a player of the year. That is not an easy ballpark to hit in. He is the national player of the year, I think. And I know he's got some competition. But, Duck, I, I mean, wire to wire, he has been absolute nails. The best, one of the best mistake hitters I've ever seen. If you miss by an inch, most good hitters, if you miss by an inch, they will make you pay with a single. If you miss by an inch with this guy, he hits it out of the yard. I mean, there's, I haven't seen too many like him. When you hit 421 with that many jacks, we ain't seen anybody like him. I mean, to hit for that kind of average, when you know pitchers are pitching around you, it's amazing was he had one intentional walk, which is just defies my imagination that people I to the, the, to the opposing pitchers for you know? coming after him, but it hadn't worked out for them. Yeah, I think he's national player of the year too. But just just to go back to the second, I mean, again, I applaud David Pierce for being a stand-up guy and and playing those games. And to me, it's just ludicrous that these teams are canceling this game. I mean did AM think Incarnate Word's going to be a big RPI opponent when they scheduled that? Did uh, Texas State think Houston Baptist or TCU think Tarleton were going to be a top 20 program? No. So don't schedule it, okay? And I'm not saying you ought to count, call them forfeits or anything, but I give uh, David Pierce a lot of credit for playing that. I really do. And I think it was good for them to play, to keep playing, because uh, – they won a couple of games in West Virginia, didn't sweep, <clears throat> but they'd been off 
you know, for academic reasons, for finals for like 10 days. So they needed to play too. So I think it's got a dangerous precedent when you see these teams canceling these games. Yeah, but I, I, I think I think they're going to come in with their hair on fire. And even if they don't host, if they can sweep Kansas and go into that Big 12 tournament, that's going to give them some momentum knowing that if they can win two or three in the Big 12 tournament, get to the finals or win the whole – they win the, if they win the Big 12 tournament and sweep Kansas, Doug, they're hosting, I believe. They'll move up then. They'll move up then. If they do what? You think the host? They sweep Kansas and win the conference tournament. I think. That oh they yeah, win. if they win both of those, but that's I, tough. That's a tough sell. I don't think they got the pitching to win they that don't. tournament. No, I. They'd have to get, they'd have to get two complete games. <laughs> I think it's more important they keep Lucas Gordon pitching well. Lucas Harrison pitched out of a bases loaded situation on Tuesday. Got to get Tristan Stevens right and, and yeah, get. Hadn't been right all year. He, he really could use a couple good outings in Kansas and uh, in the Big 12 tournament to, to get him right. And you want to be healthy, E.K., Eric Kennedy's back uh, in the field after his hamstring issues. So, I don't know. It's shaping up that they could, they want to be healthy and they want to feel good and confident about themselves. So, uh, I think uh, they got a lot of stuff going for them. And even though it's been a lot of doom and gloom just because – you know, after that big start, 11-0 and and number one in the country, they just haven't quite lived up to the billing, especially with pitching and the bullpen issues. But they still got a whole lot to play for. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, you were over softball on Tuesday? Yeah, I went yesterday. Yeah, I did. They're going to Seattle. They're, You know, they were very miffed that they didn't uh, get a regional host, one of the top 16s. I think their RPI was like 14. And, but they didn't play great. They they lost seventeen to three to Baylor, their next to last regular season game, and they never should have gone to that game. You killed them that day. You murdered them. Oh, I you got that much clout. Oh, I got that much that, clout. Dude. That was you. That was then you. They, uh, then they went one and one in the uh, Big Twelve tournament and lost to Oklahoma State. So you know they're miffed about that. But in truth, they have four first time hosts uh, for women's softball. Three of them are in the ACC, believe it or not, uh, Clemson, Virginia tech and Duke. And then UCF became the first mid major in six years to host since James Madison did it. And, and they beat Texas head to head in that clear water disaster when Texas went zero and five. So they kind of don't really have a beef, but they don't talking to Mary Iacopa this week. And she said, we think it's a real even regional. So we like our chances going into there. So uh, they still got a lot to play for, too. Lots of Longhorn news, Doug. Baseball, softball, PGA championships to, starts today. Yes. A resurgent George Spieth is, might, might try to holler at Scotty Scheffler on Sunday. Spieth seems like he's kind of found himself lately. But how many times have we said that that he's found himself? He'll win a little Rudy Poot tournament, and then he'll then he'll – He'll uh, mess up the bed, um, you know, at the major. Because uh, it's been a minute for Jordan. But it's good to see him putting well. He's got a win, and he finished a uh, solo second at Byron, Nason, Byron Nelson at the TPC Craig Ranch, and which was kind of a joke of a course because K.H. Lee won, what was he, 26 under par to win. Last year he won it 25 under par. They need to put some windmills or alligator, <laughs> alligator heads or something in there. So I don't think we're going to see scores like that at Southern Hills in Tulsa. But uh, but you're right. It, it could be another Longhorn Invitational because uh, 
Scotty Scheffler won a Big 12 title there. He shot a 64 to practice around a couple of weeks ago, played well. The Nelson, I, I'm kind of picking Jordan Spieth to win this. I, so I, I, I so like dumb. his confidence. I will take I will take that bet all day. <clears throat> what, what do you got against Jordan Spieth? He has one. Yeah, he just he won a few weeks ago. He won a major. What is he now? A lot of people have won a major. What is he? Twenty six. Won a major. No, no. What is he? Twenty six, and he he won one. Was it three year, four years ago? Three yeah, years 17 ago. Seventeen British Open. It's been so, it's been a minute, Duck. It's been a yeah. minute since he's done that, and he's I, driving I, I the speak, ball better, huh? He's driving the ball better, and this is a second uh, second shot course where iron play comes into play, and he's got his irons working pretty well. You know, uh, who you got? Who you picking? I go Scotty. He's the best player. I know I know it's not sexy and I know I'm not going out on any limbs, but I I see a guy dominating the tour and this is this is his season. And so yeah, I go he's Scotty. Won, he's won the Masters won four times already. Yeah. Gosh, what are you gonna win? Five, six, seven tournaments this Maybe. year? Like, Tiger player of the year, probably. Tiger did it. Why oh. can't Scotty? Tiger gonna win it, you think? You get no. a chance? Stop it. Stop. I, I bet you he's he a plays time machine, jump in a time machine. His leg's going to be stronger. It's not as hilly as Augusta. I bet he does better. He won it there in 07 uh, when I was 15 years ago covering it. So, but uh, I think 10 years ago, I don't think he'll win it either, but I think he's going to play a whole lot better than he plays in the top 10. That was my crazy prediction. He's going to be in the top 10. So, uh, when did your predictions become so bland? That's not crazy. It was like 47th at the Masters. At that and walking uphill for four days. This is this course is way more tiger friendly. That's I'm talking about 43 year old tiger friendly. That's why I said in top 10. I don't think he's going to win. That's not it. crazy, though. Oh, that's well, not crazy. Think, oh, I could just pick top uh, five is crazy. I could pick, I could pick crazy. Alternate. I'm not going to pick an alternate to win the. You, well, your your crazy thing. predictions used to be way crazier than now. The older you get, the you get you go. You're working your way to the middle. I don't want to work. Just get off. Get middle. out of the middle and get back on the edge where I where I like you. Yeah, but you don't, edge, do, you don't do stupid stuff like oh, I can pick the Jaguars. If you said Jaguars, Tiger, you said Tiger Woods finishes in the top three, that's a nice crazy prediction. Yeah, I just don't think you will. I want to believe Crazy. it. I don't want to just throw it out there, you know. You, you don't point. really – well, you know what? Do you want? Do you really want me to go back and look at your past crazy predictions? Sure. And go then ahead. I can ask you, did you yeah. really think that this would happen? Because you've made some some really outlandish in the past. I know Rich has – Rich Tiarina has a list. So yeah. crazy means crazy. <clears throat> now, let's – won't you change it to nine things and, and, and one lukewarm uh, – Prediction. Don't you do that? I like crazy. I'll try to get crazier for you then. I'll try to get crazier. Here's another crazy prediction. I'll write nine things that that uh, is only forty inches, not fifty inches. That that is a crazy prediction. That ain't working. Hey, do you watch the? uh, Do you watch the Celtics uh, get dismantled by the Heat Tuesday night? Yes, I did. And my, uh, you know. Yeah, my, my, my son-in-law or my, my, my stepson, Al Horford, my nephew, whatever you want to call him. Wasn't playing. A- after he had that huge game, he, he didn't he didn't play and no Marcus um, Smart. 
Yeah. Uh, the Heat looked great. They look great. Look great. <laughs> is, know, let me ask it, you a question. Is yeah. Jimmy Butler the most unsung superstar in the NBA? The most yeah, underrated? I, I was trying to think of a guy like him from back in the day that was just really great and didn't always get the props. Yeah. I did come up I did come up with one name, um, you know, because he was so low key, but you know, his numbers are great. John Stockton was amazing. But, but he's a dream teamer. I don't know that Jimmy Butler would be a dream teamer in today's game. He doesn't get he doesn't get the publicity of a Jason Tatum or or a Luca or a or a Joker or a Greek freak. Uh, but he has been absolutely incredible, and he's and he's the best two way player in the NBA right now. Oh my God! How many blocks? Uh, so, you know, Joe, Joel Embiid's a great two way player too. But J- Jimmy Butler, a man, you don't yeah. think he's going to give you that, and then he gives you forty time and time again. He is ever since they had that little fiasco, that little brawl with you, where he threatened to fight the coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has been nailed. He has been nails. Uh, yeah, and he's not a he's not a guy you think of when you're listing the best players in the league. And you know, I, I have to I have to point this out. He is a proud alumni of Tyler Junior College, which produced Sid Golden. So yeah. So where's your NBA ring? What's my what? Where's your NBA ring? Who? Where's my ring? Yeah. What do you mean? All these Tyler JC products. So. I mean, I love Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler may be my favorite player in the NBA because he brings it on both ends of the court. 41 points in 41 minutes. He's guarding uh, Tatum, blocking Tatum's shots. And uh, shout out to P.J. Tucker, who's still getting it done. And uh, I love him. He's, you know, he's got that corner three-point shot down. And he just, he's he's kind of a nice Patrick Beverly, if you will, because he's an antagonist. He's going to get under your skin and just plays tough and hard. And what a career P.J. Tucker's had, former Longhorn. I remember covering him in the the G League and wondering if if he was going to be mature enough. Because I remember one of the – I won't name the coach, but one of the the coaches that he played against uh, told Dennis Johnson, who, rest in peace, D.J., uh, your your guy's got to grow – it's time for your guy to grow up. I mean, because PJ was kind of immature at first, and um, I noticed when I was uh, covering the game that they were backing off of him, and he couldn't make that three-point shot to oh. save his life. He didn't have that kind of range. He was Didn't an inside player at Texas, and he's Didn't made you? himself a great pro. He really has. He's had a terrific career. He really has, and it just seemed like the team he plays on is a winner. You know, he did it in Houston. And maybe hadn't won at all, but boy, his teams are scrappy and fighting. He exemplifies toughness. So shout out to to PJ. Who you who you picking to win it? <sighs> you know, I love the underdog, but uh, it'd be nice to see the Mavs. I can't root for Golden State and Draymond Green, and, you know, all the superstars they have. So uh, I, I'm going to root for Dallas. I think uh, you know. They've been uh, dismissed, I think. Everybody thought game seven in Phoenix, they're going to get taken out. And, boy, Phoenix didn't show up. Chris Paul, man. Andre Ayton didn't show up. but uh, Booker didn't show up. <laughs> talked all that noise and didn't show up. I know. I he had know. Luka hitting threes and laughing at him and giggling. 
I'm some uh, you talk about a baby face killer. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh my god, that guy gives you 40 and he's laughing at you and smiling and he's then he's pretty and you're like this guy this guy's a killer. He's a yeah. killer. An wouldn't absolute it, killer. Wouldn't it be nice to see Dallas win with a, a Brunson and a Spencer Dinwiddie? I mean, you it would it would be history know. repeating itself. Um um I'm not going to say that Dirk didn't have a superstar because he had Tyson Chandler, who was a defensive player of the year in this league. Um, but um, this is about as close um, to the, to a uh, one-man gang yeah. of all the teams that are left in the playoffs. I think Jimmy Butler is a one-man gang. I mean, he's got – they're deeper. The Heat are deeper. They have good complementary pieces. Tyler Heroes, the sixth man of the year. And Bam Adebayo is a good young big man, but he's undersized. But if you look, you look at the, you look at the Mavericks, and it's Luca and and just a bunch of dudes. I mean, there are no All Star guys yeah. on that team besides Luca. I know it. I know it. So anyway, I look forward to it. I hope uh, Dallas gives them a run for their money. I'm afraid Golden State's going to have too much firepower. You think? You think if the Mavericks make it to the NBA Finals, that one of us might get to sneak up to Dallas and? I don't know if we can still get a credential. It's probably too late. Yeah, it might be. It might yeah. be too late. We'll see. But you never we'll know. Never but they know. just got to. They just got to win a series. So yeah, you're right. We'll see. Well, that'll do it, folks. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by and checking us out. That's it for two sixty one. Big thanks to to Texas track coach Edric Florial, Coach Flo with the Big Twelve Outdoor Men and Women's Titles. We will do it up again next week for the duck. I'm Sad Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Sad and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.